Welcome to Completely Healed Podcast. I'm Joanna. Now, if this is your first time, I welcome you. But if you have been rocking with me since episode one, season one, then welcome back, friend. I'm so happy that you are here. This podcast is geared toward women so that they may completely heal, be filled with grace, love, and mercy. This podcast is geared towards people who want to see the glory of God revealed through them. If that's you, you're in the right place. I am recording daily, if not weekly, on everyday topics, random questions that come to mind that no one has taken the time to truly answer. I'm honest, I'm loving, and I'm here to help you completely heal. Stay tuned for the next episode. Now starting. development we've been exposed to patterns when it comes to our growth and development what the clinician is focusing on is what what kind of pattern is the child exhibiting is this a normal growth or is this the pattern of there's something wrong is this unhealthy does something not belong here even our dna the sequence of it is in patterns god is a god of patterns in the book of numbers it's it's patterns and as people humans we've been conditioned to learn patterns in math math is is not difficult to those who understand patterns the the alphabet and the vowels it's following a pattern even your name sometimes will carry a pattern. And what I propose to you today is that we most confuse ourselves and it leads to turmoil, it leads to contradicting ourselves because when it comes to relationships, we can identify a pattern, but we want to excuse the pattern. And today I wanna highlight the dangers of excusing patterns that are going to destroy you. The enemy likes to disrupt patterns and put you into a pattern of his own, a pattern that's going to leave you bound in chains. But it's still the same pattern. You know, sin has a pattern. In the book of Galatians, it talks about those who will not inherit the kingdom. And if you realize, they all have a negative connotation. They all have a negative pattern. But if you look in the same chapter, it talks about the fruits of the spirit and it's following a pattern. Where in your relationships have you noticed a pattern? One, within yourself. How do you think? How do you feel? Do you have motivation or is it dedication? Unhealthy eating patterns, they call them habits. Multiple sex partners, a pattern of not going to church, a pattern of just watching online, a pattern of going to the gym, not going to the gym, a pattern of going to get tattoos when you're in pain, a a pattern of picking a new tender date. What is the pattern? A pattern of keep going from place to place, a nomad, or a pattern of building a structure, a pattern of building a successful business, a pattern of staying dedicated to your workforce. Where's the pattern? Do you do you have a pattern of prayer? Is there a pattern of abuse following you? Is there a pattern of the choices that you make that you're just not able to recognize? Or you recognize it, but the fact that you feel like you can't do anything about it, that you can't change the pattern is where you get stuck. But everyone has a pattern. Because why? We are creatures of habit which means we are people of pattern. How you wake up in the morning? How do you go to sleep at night? Does your mind race when you wake up in the morning, when you're on your way to work? Are you at ease? Do you stop by Starbucks every Friday? Do you go get something on Amazon? What is your pattern? And my prayer for you today is that Father, reveal to them the patterns that bring you glory. 
and let them focus not on the patterns that will cause their demise. Because when you focus on the patterns that displease God, you, you give life to it. What you give life to continues to live on, but what you no longer discuss and meditate upon, it dies. That is why it's written in scripture to meditate upon this word day and night in the book of Joshua. Is it possible that we meditate on things that bring us destruction and calamity, things that bring us pain, but we never highlight and focus on the patterns that brings us life? Your life is in the spirit. It's in the spirit, and you have to have a a pattern for your spiritual life. Do you wake up early in the morning and set aside time to sit with yourself? Where am I today? Where am I today? Because in actuality, you are a tri-being. There's three beings of you. It's your, your body, your soul, and your spirit. Your flesh is your carnal man. But your body is not your flesh. Even though we call it that, it's not your flesh because your body just does whatever the soul tells it to do. But what happens when you don't listen to that anymore? What what happens when the soul is disconnected to the body and the spirit is disconnected from the soul? What happens in those instances where you feel like you're out of control? Order and patterns. What is God exposing to you if your life ends up along the same track? I'm going to expose a pattern of my own. When I was a little girl, I remember living in this house in Indianapolis, Indiana. And this was my family's house, my my mother, my brother and me. And I remember my room. And I remember my Dalmatian blanket and my Dalmatian figurines and the old TV where you had to turn the knob and beat on it a little bit just to get the the frequency to act right. I remember the bathroom. I remember happy moments. I remember broken moments. I remember broken bones. But I also remember the loss of my innocence. At that young age. And what I did after that is just one pattern after the next, I I couldn't control something so great that was called lust. We undermine lust and pay no, we don't give it credit. Lust is the only thing in the Bible where it actually tells you to run. Run. Because you need a healthy lust, but the lust that we get introduced to as a child with a loss of innocence leads you into a life of promiscuity. You you can't explain where these feelings are coming from. You just know someone touched you and arose something in you and awakened a flower in you, awakened a beast in you, and you don't understand. It's too You're too young to understand what's going on. You just know that it, it feels nice. It feels good. It doesn't matter. It's just not about the person that did it to you. You just know that something happened that shouldn't happen, and it came from a person that it shouldn't have came from. But what is this thing that they left behind And it's usually when someone who also had their innocence taken. It's a pattern of taking someone else's innocence. We so very often do unto others as we don't want things done to us. That's the way of this world. You do so many things that you don't want someone to do to you. But we say, do unto others as you don't want. Do unto others as you want done unto you. But it's done in secret. It's done in in places that you would never think to imagine. It's a pattern. 
And unfortunately, when your innocence is stolen at a young age, you also enter into a pattern, a pattern of seduction, a pattern of lust, a pattern of trying to get that feeling back. What what that that what is that feeling where it's it's a, like a guilty pleasure. It feels nice, but at the same time something is wrong. And you want to call out for help, but who do you call who do you call to? How do you bring it up? Will they believe me? Will they believe my accuser? Will they believe my perpetrator? What what will they believe me? There's many women that will listen to this and men that will listen to this, that your innocence has been taken from you at a premature age. Today is your day of salvation. Today is your day of grace to let that person die. Even as I speak this now and getting teary-eyed and feeling something leave me, Many have carried around this pain for so long. And I'm going to be honest with you, you will never get that innocence back. It's gone. And I'm sorry that they hurt you and that they did that to you. But even then, God is going to show you his power and how you thought that that stains you but that it never really did. And even though that was not God's intention for you to go through that, he allowed it. Because he could have stopped it at any time, but he allowed it. And that is one of the hardest things to understand, is why could you allow something to happen like that? And it's for a reason. It's a connecting point. Many people will suffer, but we suffer for someone else so that we may provide an answer for them, relief for them, to connect with someone. If we never suffer anything, how can we relate to anyone? Relating is not in the, it's not just in the joyous moments, but there are so many people hurting in this world. So many people. God's children scattered around in this world, hurting on the inside, waiting for someone. The Israelites, the Hebrews, they cried out to God for 400 years. And he heard every one of them. But he was waiting on one person one person to be born one person to mature in a ripe age in his 80s Moses God you waited over 400 years for Moses to deliver your people why it's it's don't try so hard to understand the mysterious ways of God it's <laughs> darkness cannot comprehend the light it's, you, you won't be able to figure it out. If you were able to figure it out, he wouldn't be God. <laughs> so just go with it. Just, It's an honor and it's a privilege to stand with so many women who had their innocence stolen and had life given back to them. Who had children prematurely but gave birth to a nation. Someone who worked for another's vision but God given that God had given them a vision of their own that surpassed every vision that she has ever worked for God has given me the ability to connect and I'm going to tell you something I'm going to let you in on a secret the church doesn't say this not out loud how many people you're called to is the is the most times is as many times God is going to break you I want you to think about communion and the breaking of the bread, it represents the body of Christ. It represents Jesus, right? He said, eat this. When you eat this, you're eating my flesh. When you drink this, you're drinking my blood. Why? 
we are partaking in the Lord's Supper. Why? We are partaking in his, we're remembering his suffering. So when God breaks you and continues to break you and continues to break you and continues to break you, he breaks you into what? Peace by piece by piece by piece. And you give out those pieces to other people. But isn't it amazing how when God does it, you're still whole. But when you do it, you become empty. Why is it that we want to give our, the pieces to our pieces of ourselves to those who have a pattern of trauma? It's called a trauma bond. Are you truly in love with that person? Are you bonding with that person because you haven't processed your traumatic event and your abuser looks closely like your lover because that's what you've been exposed to since the beginning of your maturity, your womanhood, or a lack thereof. Even for men who pick a certain woman, (laughs) abusive, talks to you any kind of way, lacks respect, lacks honor, never uplifts you, never holds you up, doesn't even build her house up or edifies her house, but she's quick to tear it down with her her words, her harsh words. Men pick out of patterns too, it's not just women. But if you look at the course of your life, what patterns are really exposed? What's going on here? Who's the same person that you... You keep dating. Who is this person that you know when there's nobody around? Like right now, it's three in the morning. Three, three thirty-three, three twenty-three in the morning, and I'm on a pattern right now of walking with God, walking step by step, because being in a relationship with God does not mean that I'm always running sometimes I'm jogging and I'm I'm walking sometimes it's step by step and the amount of steps that I take in between may seem few sometimes it may seem many but you you it's a personal relationship that you have with God but you also have a personal relationship with yourself what do you do when you realize that you've made the wrong decision What pattern is exposed? Do you become angry? Do you distrust yourself? Do you go shopping? Do you let anxiety come in and sit with you and steal your joy? Do you sleep with someone to get that sense of euphoria and then come right back down to earth? Do you sleep away the pain until depression sinks in and then you realize You didn't really sleep away anything. You just sunk into a further place and now no one can come and get you out except for the Lord Jesus. Do you adopt new animals hoping that it fills the void? We do all of these things. Searching for this one power, this this one divinity, this, this one thing, this one God that can take away the sins of the world. We, we keep searching for him in the external things, not realizing he dwells on the inside and he's just begging and asking to come in and to fixing, to clean things up and to make things new and to kill that old version of you. But we're reluctant to give it to him. And I, I finally figured out why that is. We as humans are addicted to pain. Oh, we love it. That's where we dwell. In pain, yeah. You ever met a mother who went through labor? What's the first thing that she says? I'm never going through this again. But then when she sees that beautiful baby, well, I guess a couple more couldn't hurt. The most excruciating thing that anyone could ever go through in life is labor. Unmedicated labor. Even even if it is medicated, even getting a an epidural is 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 painful. That hurts too. Labor hurts. Labor pains hurt. 
It hurts. It's a prolonged period of pain. Being degloved, which means your whole skin is coming off. Especially like your hand, literally degloved. That's pain. There's so many things that cause a great amount of pain. As a woman, our greatest pain that we'll ever go through is childbirth. The second greatest pain that we'll go through is death. As humans, our second pain that we'll ever go through is death. But we get to choose what dies. God ultimately is going to decide. He knows when you're going to leave this world. And as time gets older... And when you draw closer to God, he will reveal the deepest, darkest secrets about even yourself. Prophecy written about you from the beginning of time. He will reveal it to you when you draw near to him. He exposes things to you, but he also exposes patterns. You see, I was in this pattern of uh, picking the wrong men. I struggled with maintaining a healthy relationship of men in my life except for my brother my brother is the only man in my life that has been consistent only man that has been consistent not to say that my brother's perfect because he's not but my brother is consistent he sticks to me closer than a brother the relationship that me and my brother have it's it's ah you know but me, when it comes to picking relationship-wise and men, I've, I've been exposed to a pattern. I accepted the bare minimum because I became so independent. The trust that I had in men had disappeared. It, it had left. Growing up without a father figure, a true father figure in your life, not someone that's coming in to marry your mother, not someone that's coming in as just a disciplinarian, a true father figure is hard to come by. But God saw it fit that this was going to be my life. And when I understood what he was doing through me and for me and the connection point and the deliverance and the grace and the mercy that flows through me, was for a reason I had to come into terms with that that you know what I didn't really grow up with a father but God you are my father which means I did grow up with a father I grew up with you and that was that was enough it is enough I didn't have an ordinary life a white picket fence I grew up with a mother that worked extremely hard to take care of her two kids I grew up in a, a, a town, a city that I have no desire to go back to, none. I grew up barely seeing my dad, barely even knowing my dad. If you ask me what my dad's favorite color is, I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't tell you a thing. I, the little details about my dad, I, I have no idea. But I know my mother, I'm very close to my mother and my grandmothers. And for some reason, I always took that as, what is wrong with me? That men don't value me, that they don't see me, that they don't want to stay. What is it? And God said, it's not you. It's not you, but I am gonna expose a pattern that you are picking out of the hurt you. You're picking out of the scared little girl and I need you to grow up. And that is some of the hardest conversations that I've had with God where he's asked me to grow up and to mature, but to remain a child. And it becomes a paradox. He gives me certain responsibility, certain power and authority that you wouldn't give a child, but yet he calls me a child of his. A maturing adult, but a, a child in the eyes of God. How do you balance that? The pattern that I realized is that I give abundantly. And sometimes I give carelessly. Sometimes I give without thought. I, I just, I want to give. 
I would give everything away to see someone happy, to see someone's prayers being answered, hoping that I am someone's prayers being answered on earth. I give. God put a heart in me that is full of mercy and grace that I could never do someone how they did me. Never. He won't allow it. You could hurt me. You could lie to me. You could steal from me and I would still bring you up before the Father and ask for mercy on your behalf. That is the heart of Christ that a lot of people don't have because it costs you everything. It's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you your comfort. It's going to cost you your ease. It'll cost you your children. It'll cost you your job. It'll cost you your body, your time. It costs you everything. Who is ready to die? That's the question. What Jesus was was saying when he's saying, count all the costs before you come and follow me. He was saying, who is ready to die? Not a lot of people are ready to die. Some people are scared of death. I've experienced that I'm, I'm not afraid to die anymore. I'm not afraid of the unknown because I know where I'm going. Some people are so scared that they pray 20,000 times over the plane before they get in it. And then are those that just thank God for his protection and thank him for the safety that everyone is going to make it on this flight and they're going to get to their destination in a timely fashion, safe and sound, without a hair on their head being touched. That's a... There's two, there's two, those are two different prayers. Lord, please don't let anything happen to this. Begging and pleading God to keep you safe is not faith. You don't know who your father is. When you truly know who your father is, you talk different. You sound different. You act different. You move different. I didn't say that you were sinless. Because there's none without sin, no, not one. It will always leave a stain. Always. Do you have a pattern of going from job to job? Because you're not willing to submit to someone's vision. You're not willing to submit to the authority that God has placed in that hospital. It's God. Who put your person, who put your boss in that position, your director, your manager in that position? God. Does he know that they're harsh? Absolutely. Did he till still ask you to serve them? Yes. Is he still looking at your heart posture and the mumblings and the groanings when they ask you to do something? This is how God holds people accountable. This is what it's like to truly walk with God. Even when it comes down to your boss asking you to do something, he's looking at your heart. Because in within your heart, within your mind, are you submitted to that person? Are you talking about them even in even in your mind? This this beep 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 beep. I don't even want to do this for this person. This this die this girl to die. Or is it you know what, Lord? Even unto death, I will be obedient. Which one are you? Because so very seldom you think it's the thing, it's the words that actually come out of your mouth, but it's the ones that you actually meditate upon that He's looking at because that is what's showing whether or not you have a renewed mind. When your husband asks you for something, when your wife asks you for something, are you even submitted to them because you're supposed to submit yourself to one another? Are you grumbling? Are you complaining? Are you fighting one another? Thinking that it's going to bring you closer together, but it's, it's tearing you further apart because now you're operating with two visions. Do you go from church to church because <laughs> you don't know where the money's going to? Or someone wronged you in that church or someone abused your child in that church or you were the abused one in the church or you saw something, you saw a demon, you saw a witch. 
Why do we keep running from things of darkness when you were called to be a light? You are the salt and the light of the world. Salt preserves things. Salt is preservation. A light is supposed to shine in darkness. Who needs a candle to burn in the middle of the summer? We don't set we don't set fires out in the middle of the summer. We don't burn candles in the middle of daylight and set them outside for what? Cuz it's going to produce two things, going to produce a fragrance and it's going to produce a light. We light candles, what, at nighttime? We turn lights on at what, at nighttime, not during the day, because the day has natural light, a sunlight. Unless it's rainy and gloomy outside, then you'll probably turn on. But even when it's rainy and gloomy outside, it doesn't mean that the sun is not out there, because it is. That's how we're able to see. It's just cloudy. But it doesn't mean the sun is not there. Your light is supposed to shine in the darkness. Doesn't, don't you find it interesting that in Revelations it's, it's depicted as the world is going to get worse. But it's also going to get brighter. How can that happen? You were made for a time such as this. And if you were made for a time such as this and God has you remaining on this earth for however long that he said, that he stated from the beginning, you're supposed to burn brighter and shine brighter. Many of you come into the world bright and bubbly in the beginning. And then as time goes on, you die and you wither away. And it shouldn't be that way. You should be shining brighter and brighter and brighter every year, every day, every month, every week. How do you shine bright? Remain lit. How do you remain lit? You need to stay by a consuming flame. A consuming fire. And if your church is not producing a consuming fire, don't leave. Ask God for you to be the consuming flame in this church. Lord, through me, set this congregation ablaze. You don't know how to pray. You ask not, so you have not. You don't know how to search the depths of God. You don't know how to draw God, to pull God's heart towards certain things. Don't you know? Hannah knew how to make a bargain with God. If you give me a son, I'll give him right back to you. God likes that. It reminds you of the story of Abraham. Abraham, God had given Abraham an numerous amount of promises, announcements, and a covenant. He made a covenant with Abraham. And the very thing that Abraham wanted, God asked for it right back. Are you attached to this thing? Or are you attached to me? It's a test. It's a test. And Abraham was ultimately able to have his son, the one that God promised. Ishmael was still a son. Yes, but that is not the one that God had promised. That was one out of Abraham's own doing. But do you see how the Lord would still bless it? Do you think that applies to you also? Lord, even if I do something out of your perfect will and I do it out of your permissive will, I thank you for allowing it because you didn't have to but because you love me you love my creations you love my creativity Hannah knew how to go to that secret place Hannah knew because God you think God doesn't know Hannah wanted a child you think God wasn't there when Hannah was weeping and crying and carrying back and forth for our many years you think he didn't know He knew. He hears everything. He sees everything. And I think that we forget how big and how great God is. That we forget to acknowledge him. He's everywhere, in everything, through everything. You can't escape God. In many cultures, they they got it right, but they got it wrong at the same time. They understand there's a God for this. There's a God for that. There's a What do we call Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom? Different names, right? But it's the same God. They just got it so right. It's so wrong at the same time. But why do you, don't you see a pattern repeating itself even in other religions? Other cultures? It's a pattern. 
I want you to realize the pattern in the scriptures is knowing how to bargain with God, how to reason with God. That's when things in secret get revealed to you. That's when revelation truly enters in you. You have to make a bargain with God. How many times have you gotten a job and said, Lord, if you give me this job, I promise I will tithe. Then the job came and you didn't tithe. Why do you think God let that happen? It wasn't for nothing. He knew you weren't going to be faithful <laughs> at the moment. Of course he knew that. But he wanted, you to, he wanted to teach you something. Are you good at exposing patterns? Ministry is, is big on patterns. How, how do they know that it's a spirit of snake? Snakes have a pattern. Literally, literally figuratively and literally, snakes have a pattern. Animals are, are, are also creatures of habit. They have a pattern. Demons have a pattern. Angels have a pattern. Do you know the patterns? And many times you know the patterns of demons, but you don't know the patterns of angels. You know the patterns of this world, but you don't know the patterns of the kingdom of God that is within you. You know the patterns of your mother, but you don't know the patterns of your earthly father. How can you say that you're in a relationship with him when you don't know the pattern of God being in your life? This is why meditation is so important. This is why reverence is important. This is why worship is important. Father, I'm exposing, as you expose a pattern in me, I'm exposing a pattern of how great you are, how faithful you are, how courageous and bold you are, how powerful you are, how mighty you are. There's nobody truly like you. You continue to keep showing up in the midst of everything going on. There you are coming to rescue me. There you are coming to lift me up. There you are sticking closer to me than a brother. You just, you keep making things happen for me. You keep opening doors for me. You keep shutting the enemy up for me. You keep scattering his plans for me. You keep protecting me. That's what worship truly is. Understanding who God has been for you this entire time, exposing a pattern. So when you're listening to songs, which also exposes a pattern, it's not really the song that you're listening to. It's just carrying you along. It's getting you to focus. When they say a song, there's a song that always makes me tear up for every mountain. And it talks about her having so much to thank God for. So many wonderful blessings and so many open doors. Brand new mercy every day. And she says, that's why I worship you. And she continues to, to sing. Marvin Sapp had a, had a pattern, a song, a pattern. Never would have made it. I'm stronger. I'm wiser. What you're singing is someone's praise. But you can turn your praise into worship when you expose a pattern. You'll give God praise when you, if you want a lotto. But will you worship him? For always providing for you, even before you were exposed to the millions, when I had not two pennies to rub together, but I still had a roof over my head. It's a pattern. Jehovah Jireh is a pattern in your life. You can't call upon a God that you don't even know. You can't. So many people get stuck in Lord, my savior. But what about your provider? your healer, your deliverer, your liberator, your peace, your joy, your gentleness. <laughs> Patterns. Now, what do you do when a pattern is exposed and eesh, you don't like it? Well, if, if all it takes is for one thing to throw you off of a pattern. Then all it takes is to be consistent in one thing to maintain a new pattern. And our brain is, it's miraculous. You give it 30 days. Hmm. 21 days, I believe, builds a new habit and 90 days is a new lifestyle. How often can you be consistent? How long can you be consistent and dedicated? That's what you're doing over and over and over again. You're, you're choosing to live with unhealthy patterns and you're choosing to pick up healthier ones. 
you can call them anything. Some people call them coping mechanisms because this world is painful. But they're patterns of behavior. People who get divorced once typically gets divorced, you know, after that. That's not always necessarily true, but America has a a culture of high divorce rate and a lot of failed marriages. But I come against that in the mighty name of Jesus and that shall not be your portion. That shall not be. So the next marriage that you enter into, for those that are divorced, the next marriage that you enter into, by the power of God in me, shall be your last one that you enter into. You will not have to pick another spouse after this one. The one that is coming to you is coming to stay. It's coming to help edify you, coming to restore you, show you a newness of life. You will not be on a pattern of being four times divorced and on your sixth husband, your fifth husband. Then that's the one I I, I rebuke it in the mighty name of Jesus. The pattern of miscarriage by the power of God, by the authority given unto me by the Holy Spirit. It ends now. Bankruptcy and poverty I call it to an end now. That is what deliverance is, people. Breaking those patterns, breaking chains that have ran in your family until it ran into you. I break it now. Abortion, I break it now. Job loss, I I break it now. Homelessness, I break it now off of you. It no longer runs in your family. It ends with you now. Toss it on my altar and I will burn for you. I will take your concerns to God and I will lay it at my altar, which is his altar. Every last one of you is an altar. You just don't know how to use it. You don't know how to lay prostrate. You don't know how to burn for God. It's a pattern. And what I give back to you is life, peace, love, and prosperity. I'm taking away the wiles. I'm taking away the trauma. I'm taking away the abuse, the neglect, the unloving and the unhealthy relationships. I'm taking it from you now. You're going to begin to cry. There's going to begin a a, a deep sorrow that's going to come from the inside of you. Let it go. Yeah, let it go. The reason why I don't even know why God had me expose myself and tell you this story was to connect with you so you can let it go now. Don't take this another day with you. Put all of your pain on me for I care, thus declares the Lord. I care and I'm giving you peace, love and prosperity. I'm giving you my grace to overcome. I'm giving you my daughter so that you have someone to stand in the gap with you and say, Lord, pardon their mistakes. Look to them no more. Clean them up. Patterns. I'm going to introduce to you a new pattern. Stick with me. I got you. There's so many people that you, you're connect, you, you, you think that you're staying connected somewhere, but you're not. So you're not able to develop a healthy pattern because you're just visiting. I just want to hear what she got to say about this. I just want to hear what she got to say about that. That's demonic. Because the truth never enters into you. Truth doesn't enter into demons. Even though they're exposed to the truth, it never enters into them. Why? Because they already have a pattern set in stone. They have a doctrine set in stone. I want to break you from those patterns today. I want you to take some journal points today and ask yourself in your point upon your meditation right now, start having that conversation with God. Lord, it revealed to me my patterns revealed to me the error of my ways. And I'm going to tell you, don't be offended when somebody keeps coming to you this week, revealing something to you that's like negative. You're going to take it as negative. Everybody just coming for me today. No, they're revealing a pattern. I have to face that harsh reality that my words carry weight and not everyone is going to like my words. So I can't present myself how I want to because everyone can't do that. Everyone can't handle that. So I have to learn how to censor my speech, censor the fire that's in me, because if not, it will burn you. So I have to learn how to love people from a distance, because if I come too close, I'm going to burn you. My words may cut you. 
God revealed to me that in a time of, of struggle, when I'm upset because someone else had hurt me, I hurt myself. I'll do that. I've done that. Sabotaging your own self because you don't want to take your anger out on them. And he said, but you're taking it out on you. I was in a very, very, very woo, tight relationship with marijuana and masturbating and pornography. Three things. Someone hurt my feelings. Those three things. They hurt my feelings again. Those three things. It became a pattern that even if they didn't hurt my feelings or the very slightest thing, three things. How many people wake up in the middle of the night and you can't sleep and your pattern are those three things? Weed, sex, repeat. Weed, sex, repeat. Whether it's sex with yourself, sex with somebody else, it's a cycle. Or someone hurts you and you just go find a new person to sleep with, a new relationship to, to, to be in with. It's a pattern. I lost this job, so I'm just going to become a scammer. Well, scamming didn't work, so I'm just going to start stealing from people. Well, stealing from people didn't work. I'm just going to have to kill them. It's a pattern. Things could get worse, but it's the same pattern. The enemy is just making you think, oh, this is completely new. He's a liar. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. What are you, what, what did you come into agreement with? What pattern have you aligned yourself with? What is God trying to rip away from you? What is he trying to burn off of you? What is he trying to expose to you? How you pick things, how you view things. He's trying to get you to open your eyes to see the way that he sees, but you're stuck in this pattern. You need deliverance. How do you know it's a pattern, Joanna? The Israelites walked around the same mountain for 40 years. How did they no one ever notice it was the same mountain for 40 years? Because they were stuck on a pattern. Slavery. And it says that uh, in the scriptures, it tells you that you're, you're going to be a slave. You, those who sin are a slave to sin. So even that, calling yourself a sinner, you're going to be a what? A slave to sin. That's why you don't confess that you are a sinner. Your confession is that you are saved by grace. I'm not a sinner. I'm saved. Sinners aren't saved because the penalty of sin is death. But as a child of God, why haven't you died? Why, when you did something, you didn't die instantly? Why, when you offended God, you didn't die instantly? You're saved. Have you backslidden or did you ever truly walk towards God? That's a, that's a, let's take it there. I don't believe that there's a such thing as backslidden. No, you thought you were making progress with God, but did you? I used to be on fire. How can you used to be on fire by a consuming flame and then you don't be on fire anymore? Were you really on fire? Or was that your emotions causing you to believe? Was that your heart making you to believe that I am really walking with God? When you understand that you're truly walking with God and you're on fire for God, that fire does not go away. The Holy Spirit does not go away. Jesus does not go away. He's there. When you are truly walking with God, they do not go away. You can choose not to look at them. You can choose not to be convicted. You can choose to believe that they're not there, but they're still not going away. You become callous and cold in your heart because you haven't truly let him in. You didn't backslide. You just didn't truly let him in. When you let him in, I guarantee you, the very slightest thing that you do that offends God. Lord, I'm so sorry. I, I, I'm so sorry. Teach me how to do that better. Lord, show me how to do that better. I, I want to. I know it's not works, Lord, but I, I want to be pleasing to you. I want everything that I do to be pleasing unto you. Father, even the way I dress, the way I talk, the way I think, the way my heart is, is revealed to you. I, I, I want it to bring you glory. Everything that I do, may it bring you glory. It's not a people pleasing. But in this world, it's called people pleasing. But to God, it's called being in love. When you're in love with someone, you want to do everything perfect for them. You want to do everything right for them. You don't 
please, Lord. Oh, forgive me. You know, it's it's a think about the honeymoon phase when you first get involved with somebody. You really don't really you don't see those red flags. Why? Because love is blinding. Now, I want you to apply that to your relationship with God. Why do you think he keeps looking at all your red flags when love is blinding? God can know that you sin, but he's not looking at your sin. We keep making sin bigger than what it is. Love is blinding. He's not looking at that. He's just looking at you. Oh, I have a lamb. It's got stuck in the mud. Let me go clean them up. You're thinking, oh, Lord, I, I done, I done watch porn again. I done masturbated again. I done lied again. I done got divorced again. And to God, it's, I just got a little lamb stuck in mud. Let me go clean them up. Happy to. And he's happy to. But it's us that's like, no, Lord, I'm, I'm dirty. I'll never be clean again. I'll never be whole again. I can. And he's like, that's not what I said about you. Let me show you how I view you. Then he sends someone along your way, a little random compliment that you think is random. You think it's coincidence, but there's no coincidence with God. And someone will pour into your life and they'll empower you and they'll encourage you. Why? Because you lacked power in that moment. So someone has to come to empower and to enlighten. That's what makes podcasts and movies and music and connection and communication so powerful. All of these things are communication. We just pick how we want to communicate. But God has ultimately given you a platform to communicate. But what are you communicating? What are you communicating in this world? That message makes a difference because God has sent you with the message. What are you communicating and how you're going to communicate it? He gave Moses a message. And he said, speak to the rock. Moses hit the rock. And God got offended. And you're like, dang, God, it was just a rock. No, that rock is symbolic. It meant Jesus. You're not going to hit his, his son like that. How do you think he feels when someone does something to you? When he says, speak to that person and that person hits you and abused you. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but they say words never hurt. Actually, those words are the sticks and stones. Words carry weight. Words that come from my mother versus words that come from my friend. <laughs> depending on who's saying it, it's going to hurt a little bit different. I have the ability to build my son up and tear him down. You also have that ability to tear someone up, to tear them up, to tear up their visions, to tear up their dreams. And that's why many times people are very reluctant to tell you certain things because they can't trust you with that. Why don't my kids ever tell me anything? They can't trust you with their visions and their dreams. Not right now. Because you have revealed to them a pattern of destruction. So they don't feel safe to tell you anything. They'll feel safe to tell you some things, but not the most intimate things to them. There has to be a secret place with God to where you don't tell anybody anything until God gives you the permission to do that. Why? He doesn't want any. Nope. I don't want anybody to kill. The vision that God has given you is so great. He don't want you to. It's very seldom people that you can tell. You will know when he has given somebody permission to to for you to reveal those things to. And it's usually prophets because prophets prosper you and they can see and they can use their office. Even if God chooses not to tell them something, they can use their office and and to see into your life and to fix things and to correct things and to expose patterns and to bring new ones into your life. It's through prophets. Pastors are not prophets, even though they can be prophetic. Evangelists are evangelists, even though they can be prophetic. Apostles can be prophetic, but there's only one prophet. Hmm. A deeper study into the Bible reveals a pattern. When you read the Bible the first time, you notice a pattern. You read it the second time, you notice a different pattern. You keep reading it and God keeps exposing patterns, patterns, patterns. What has God revealed to you today? through this episode, which I think I'm going to call it Exposing Patterns. What has God revealed to you today? If he exposed a pattern in your life that you don't agree with anymore, change the course. 
change the course. Whether it's choosing a different person. Hey, my life is going in a different direction. And I believe that I do have love for you and that you love me as well. But I notice that I'm picking out of a pattern of hurt and distrust. And I'm accepting anything except for what I truly need. I don't want to be partnered with that anymore. It's not partnering with you because you're just the person that this is coming through. But I don't want to be partnered with that anymore. I want to... No, it's not testing the waters. I want to I want to develop a healthier pattern. I need time to work on myself. And for some, you're already married. So what can you do? Hey, I've noticed that... I've noticed this pattern arising in me and I want to go to therapy to figure out how we can best navigate that without getting divorced, how we can make this work. If it's your children, hey, buddy, I noticed that you do these things when you're upset. You do these things when you're angry. You do these things when you're really happy. I've noticed those things. Did you do you ever notice those two? It's a doorway. It's a it's a conversation. It's communication. When I talk to God, I, I'm i always in my, my mind. I'm always in my head. You could be talking to me and I'm, I'm in my head. Lord, what is this person saying? Reveal to me the actual pattern. Because I hear their words, but I'm looking for the pattern. Reveal it unto me. That's how I'm able to pinpoint struggles in people's lives. That's, that's how I'm able to... It's my gifting. It's It's how he made me. When I go into a facility, I see the good that people do. Absolutely. But my gift is not, I love my spiritual father, Papa Lovi. Your gifting does not make you see the good. It actually exposes the bad because that's what you're there to do to correct it. Your gift will always highlight the things that are out of proportion, out of whack, out of, uh, that's in discord, if you will, things that are not going wrong. You're not negative. It's your gift. Because you're called to change it. You're called to fix it. You're called You're called to light it up. Set it on fire. Lord, correct it. Lord, correct it. Mm. In your marriage, it's a, people call it a cycle. Because it's, it's patterns. So if there's a pattern of infidelity... What needs to stop infidelity? A new pattern needs to be introduced. I just gave you the key to break any habit, any negative habit, any form of addiction. It's in your habits. I used to drink all that time. Uh Uh-huh, you need a new habit. Because that urge to drink, it's not going to go away immediately. And if it's truly a thorn in your side, your weaknesses really don't ever go away. You just get stronger. They're not going away. You get stronger. That that you put yourself any any why do people who struggle with alcoholism? No, 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 get it away from me. Get it away from me. I can't be around it. And then as you continue to go on, some of them go on to AA meetings and things like that. And then when they go to those things, to those meetings and they be they become dedicated and submitted to it and a new habit. Instead of drinking, I'm always going to come here. Instead of drinking, I'm going to call my accountability partner. Instead of drinking, I'm going to do this. A new pattern. And then what do you do over time? You become stronger. You become so strong enough to where, okay, I can stand in the midst of alcohol and it's not going to phase me. It's a pattern. God is exposing a pattern to you right now. And you like, dang, I ain't even notice I did that. Your patterns can become ritual, become ritualistic. They can. But is it bringing you life or destruction? That's ultimately what you need to think about this week after today. I guarantee you is they're going to start becoming exposed. All your patterns are going to become exposed and you need to sit with yourself in your meditation and you need to think sit by yourself and think. Is this producing life or is this harming me? What vision did God give me originally? Because God gives you vision. God gives you business ideas all, all the time. What pattern do you have out of that? If he gives something to you and speaks something to you and gives you a word, do you have a pattern of just shooing it off or do you have a pattern of waking up and writing it down? 
If God gives you a dream, when God gives you a dream, do you wake up and write your dreams down and just be like, eh, that was crazy. That was cool. What patterns? And then ask the Lord, Lord, reveal to me this hour what is going to sustain me. Reveal to me. Show me a new pattern. Show me a new habit. Show me a new form of life. He is going to come in like a rushing flood because that's all he wanted you to do was to invite him in. He's a gentleman. He's not coming in and breaking you up and, and smashing you into pieces into a new vessel. No, it says molded. You're supposed to be molded. The clay is not running away from the potter. The clay is sitting there stuck. No matter how many times it's getting spun around, no matter how many times it's getting kneaded and pulled together and put under fire and painted and restored and that and all these things, it's committed to staying right there with the potter until it is becoming a new vessel. I know this was a lot to chew on today, but I hope that it is going to bring freedom and redemption unto you. But until next time, Patterns. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this word was uplifting, encouraging, empowering, and that it truly begins to transform your mind. Under the sound of my voice, Every person that comes into agreement and alignment with what it was said today, may this word not just be fulfilled in your ears, but may you completely be healed. Light be in your situation. Light be in your job. Light be in your family. Light be within your own body. Today, be healed. Again, thank you for listening. And I'll see you again on next time at Completely Healed by Planted Not Buried.